pray right now. Father, I thank you for this moment. Thank you for the month of March. Thank you that you are on the move through the leadership of your son Jesus, through the presence and the power of your spirit. Father, right now I bring these people before me, before you, and I ask you, God, to bless these people. I ask you to speak to their hearts. I ask you to give them the capacity to receive from you. God, help us receive from you today. You made a promise to us. You said, your children will be taught by the Lord. Lord, we are your children. We're here to be taught by you. You're our teacher. So help us humbly receive with meekness the implanted word that you are planting today. And I thank you for your precious promise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, I have the kids come here in just a second. Uh, first, I want to do a little something I've done before. I just want to declare it in the form of a rhyme. Okay? I got a dragon dragon in the back. I packed him in the back of a wagon. He came attacking with his tactics while I was rapping, and I had to slap him. And now I'm just laughing. <laughs> and if you missed it, it went like this. I got a dragon dragon in the back, I packed him in the back of a wagon. He came attacking with his tactics while I was rapping, so I had to slap him, and now I'm just laughing. <laughs> One more game. I got a dragon dragon in the back, I packed him in the back of a wagon. He came attacking with his tactics while I was rapping, so I had to slap him, and now I'm just laughing. <laughs> so Jesus. Hey, Chef, uh, Oh, bring it up here. Did I not tell your mom and dad that you were a prophet? I told them that before you even... Dude, you're a prophet. That's really good. He's like... <laughs> Samuel requested a dragon. Look, I can't get distracted right now. I, I could, but I'm determined not to. But I do want to say this is not a distraction. This is where we're going. God is giving us authority. Revelation 12, over the dragon. The dragon tries to devour the people of God. The dragon is that ancient serpent, the devil. Okay? But it says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. We are here to overcome the dragon. Yeah, and he's, he's got a, a dragon in, in the form, T-Rex on his shirt. Jesus is not defeated by any foe. Like we were saying, he's got that virus dragging behind him. See, the way Jesus does things, he actually makes the, the victory public. He, was, he publicly shamed the enemy on the cross. What looked like Jesus' public shame turned into public humiliation for the powers of hell. So what has tried to shame you, What's trying to take you out is going to be the very place where God publicly shames the enemy in your life. And uh, it's going to happen in my life too. It is happening right now. All right. I would like the children, the young people, to come forward, please. 
Young Bloods, come to the front, please. All right. We got one, two, three, four, five. Good, good. All right, this kind of this thing's a little bit in your way. Here, I want you to step back here, Zai. Right there. Match, you come right next to Zion, and then Merritt, and Abby, Gabriel, and then Samuel. Hey, perfect, perfect. All right, we'll do it like this. Everybody gets one of these. Let's do them in order. Lay them up here, one by one, very orderly now, kids. Okay, 
See, I'm teaching this kid. There we go. Like this. Face down. There you go. Merrick, you're next, buddy. Beautiful. Excellent. Abigail. Good. Good. God is not a God of disorder. Samuel, you're last, bud. The last shall be first. Good job, bud. Now, over the next five weeks, well, including today, we're going to unpack five pieces of what God's put in my heart. My Little Mary Band. This phrase came to me 10 years ago. I'm not going to tell the details of how it came to me. It came to me in a dream. But what I am fully convinced of, it is now time for this dream to come to pass. And the dream is all about this. It's about God lifting up his mighty right hand, his palm of power, lifting it up over us as a people. And from his hand, giving us power to be who he's called us to be. See, he formed you with his hand. In your mother's womb, he formed you. But even before that, he formed you. Your gifts, your talents, your desires, he formed you intimately to know him and to make him known. He formed you. You have a unique identity. You have unique fingerprints, the imprinting from God on you. And I believe God wants to speak to each heart and tell us more and more who we really are. But I believe to help you figure out who you are, he's given me a gift to give you. And the gift is this five-piece Mary message. I'm not so much a series, sermon series guy. I'm not anti them. I just, I can't really, that, that doesn't really fit me, okay? Um, and I can only operate in, in the, the anointing he's given me. Okay. Anything else would be just a charade for you, even if it made some of you happy for a time. Okay, I can't do a religious charade. I just have to be Travis. You got to be Joe. You got to be Adonis. You got to be who you are. But I believe what God is saying in my heart. He's like Travis. My people don't know who they are unless I tell them. And you know what? Even if you're a really prophetic person. You can't even be what you see without his power. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. So I believe he wants to give you a gift with his hand. He wants to say, hey, I'm the same one who opened the eyes of the blind with my hand. And I'm the same one who touched the paralytic and helped him walk. So I'm going to give you five Sundays of special messages about who you are. And you're going to find your identity. And yes, even the manliest man among us, Brother Craig Cooks back there, yes, he's a Mary. We can find our identity in these three Marys that we're going to talk about. A 
and we can become the people who are really married and the ones who the Lord wants to marry. So I look forward to unpacking these because it's not just a cute little five-part series, although there's some cute elements to it. This is power from God's hand. And so what I want to do is I want to tell you that we put into my heart that we're going to, that each finger represents a week. So today we're starting with the pinky, and the pinky is Mama Mary. The pinky is the short, small, humble one. And we're going to talk about the humble heart of little Mary. We're going to uh, then pop over to the index finger, which is Mary Magdalene. Jesus said he drove out demons with the finger of God. Jesus gave the index finger and said, get out, and demons fled. We'll talk about that with Mary Magdalene. Then we'll come to the middle finger, which is the biggest finger that reaches out. And we'll talk about Mary of Bethany. And then we'll come over to the thumb, and we'll talk about being a Mary Mary. If we get these three, three Marys down, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and Mary of Bethany, I guarantee if we let God speak those identities into our heart, here's, here's a, I used to teach middle school math. Here's a solid spiritual fact. If you let God put those three Marys' identity into you, you will be Mary, as in happy. You will be one Mary Mary. Telling you. And it gets even better than that. The last but not least, the ring finger, intentionally the ring finger, because that's where you put your wedding band. Jesus wants to marry his Mary Mary. He wants to marry his Mary Mary. So what I wanted to say is, Isaiah 40, uh, 49, he says, See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hand. Isaiah 49, 16. And I believe God is saying, hey, dwelling, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hand. You are my little Mary band. I believe it's a corporate identity speaking, but here's the thing. I'm guaranteeing you, there are real people who are hearing my voice right now whose lives are going to shift this month because God is going to speak intimately into your identity. He's going to actually tell you what he put in you in regards to being like a little Mary. And some of you are going to blossom and bloom like you never have before. You're saying, that is me, that's why I'm alive. And I believe it's going to transpire with some of you even today. So I'm happy about that. I'm excited about that. But I want to pass this around because I actually want to put his hand in your hand. Okay? I want to put his hand in your hand. I want it to be like a sign and a symbol that you are receiving from God's hand. So I'd like everyone in here, and I'm not talking about we have to read, like weird, like kiss this thing like it's like a mystical object. Although saying that, I do believe, I've prayed for this, I believe there's power here. Okay? If Paul can have power in a handkerchief, I think we can have power in cart stock with God's palm on okay? I think it's just symbolic. So I'm going to pass it around. I just like, you can take a look at it, uh, but I just like everyone to see it because I believe this is just like, in 1 John it says, the word which we touched and handled. He, he was talking about, I was with Jesus. I put my head on his chest. I handled this stuff. This is a sign of that. He wants you to handle his word. He wants you to intimately receive it. Okay. So today, we're talking about Mama Mary. 
Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, I, I'm confident that we've heard. Can you use your strength that has not been stolen and open that for me, please? Right, mighty man. I know we've heard a lot about Mary, and just a few months ago was the season where we hear a lot about her. But I want to unpack her today. Not for the purpose of learning more about a biblical figure, but again, for discovering how God has made you like Mama Mary. I believe that her life is given to us as a template for what God has created us to be. And yes, I do believe this specific identity is something very pointed for what God calls dwelling ministries. But I believe this identity is actually a global word that God is speaking to his worldwide body of Christ saying, this is who you are. You are like Mama Mary. So I want to unpack her humble heart, her identity as a suffering servant, and her identity and her privilege of being a glory giver. And I want to say to you, to any of those who would receive it today, you have permission to receive from God a humble heart. You have permission and power to become a suffering servant. You have power. There's power present to make you a glory giver. This is who you are. And just as that hand is going around, God's hand is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. David said something as we prayed this morning, and uh, David gets these acronyms like me a lot. We were talking about Mary for the next five weeks, and David said, my arm reaches yours. God is reaching. He's saying, my arm is reaching down. Just like Zach prayed. And we touch to be healed. We touch to receive power. When that woman touched Jesus' garment, power came out of it. So we can receive power today to have a humble heart. We can receive power to be a suffering servant, to be a glory giver. All right. Now, I could talk a lot for we could unpack for weeks the wonderful identity and these three pieces. And these are just little parts of Mary. We could talk for weeks about these things. But we're just going to zero in and, and do the best we can with the time we have today. I like to also call Mary, Mary the Manifester. God looked at that girl. She was. I mean, we don't know exactly, but a lot of scholars think she was probably a teenager. Okay? He looked at that teenager and he said, I'm going to manifest myself through her. I'm going to manifest my physical being on planet Earth through her body. It's mind-blowing. And I want to tell you that God has mind-blowing plans to manifest himself through you. You are little Mary manifestors. 
You are called to carry Christ, which is another name I give Mary, a Christ carrier. Oh, Joseph, oh, the God of the universe is getting a little heavy. She carried the Creator. You are a carrier of the Creator. He wants to create things through you. You could also call her with my repeated patterns of alliteration, the blessed birther. I mean, you can't get much more blessed birth than giving birth to Jesus, the Son of God. And I'm convinced that everybody in here, even you ladies who are maybe saying, I'm, I'm done with childbearing. Some of you who say, I don't want to be childbearer. And some of you men saying, I just don't work like that. We are all called to birth Christ. To give birth to the Son of God. Now, I realized I've left my notes over here. But I'm going to get my notes because I feel a conviction in my heart and a clarity to stick with my notes for the moment. Anytime you go on a Holy Spirit detour, I prophesy, there, I, there shall I go. Let's talk about the humble heart. Um, Gabriel came to the teenager Mary, and he said, Greetings, highly favored one. Now let's stop for a second. How do you become a highly favored one? How does a person get a heavenly greeting from an angel whose job is to stand before God? What a description. I want the Gabriel occupation. I try to stand before God. It's my full-time job. And let me just pause for a second. Holy Spirit detour, I warned you. I actually believe that is our call. Ephesians said we're seated in heavenly places. And Elijah, who was under a lesser covenant, he said, God before whom I stand. Jeremiah heard this from the Lord. Why didn't someone stand in my counsel? Let me give you permission again, my precious people. You have permission by the blood of Jesus, not by anything you've done. By the blood of Jesus, you have permission to stand before God in the order of Elijah. Gabriel, and so on. You have permission to stand before God. Well, this guy who stands before God came with an accurate news report. Okay, There's no fake news there. Okay, I'm Trying to get political. There's no deception there. There's truth that comes from the throne. Clarity. It's quite the lights and sound show up there too. Thundering, crazy creatures. Lots of hullabaloo and wild and crazy sights, but it's, at the same time it's wonderfully peaceful and orderly. Right? We need to discover more of the throne zone. Let me, let me speak Jeremiah 33.3 over you. Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things, or great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Some of you have throne room encounters that are going to change everything for you, like Isaiah. Again, Isaiah was under a lesser covenant. He went before the throne. Guys, your ticket has been paid for, not just post-death. Because of Jesus' death, he bought you a throne zone seat. So, believe. Believe, ask for him to take you up to the throne. 
All right. Anyway, from the throne comes this statement. Greetings, Mary. Mary, you're highly favored. Now let's do a little biblical puzzle piece today and see how, how does favor come to a person? Who does God favor? Well, it says in several times in the scriptures, God favors the humble. God gives grace and favor to the humble. And so if I can make a holy advertisement and sell you and all it costs is your yes, sell you the wonderful gift of a humble heart. I'm telling you, if you will let God put humility into your heart and create in you a humble heart, you will be a Mary Manifester. You will be a blessed birther. You will be a Christ carrier. You will change the planet by your existence. How's that for a promise? The scripture is clear. Another place it says this. He says, look, this is what I do for the humble. God says, I dwell in the high and lofty place. You know, we've been talking about the throne, okay? And we need to learn more about that place, but also we need to learn more about his residency in the humble heart. Because he says in Isaiah 57, I dwell in the high and lofty place and with the person who is humble in heart, lowly in spirit. Did you know God actually rests and makes himself known, has a cup of tea and a hoagie sandwich and fist bumps and flaps around and plays with children through the life of a man or a woman who is authentically humble. Yeah. Now, I, neither I nor the God of hosts has time for false humility. Right? <coughs> that stuff can go back to the pits of hell where it came from. Don't try to be humble. Receive grace to be humble. And I tweeted yesterday for the first time in a long time. I wish I had better tweeting skills, like Paul, I guess. I get notifications on my phone all the time. Another tweet from Paul. He's a, he's a great tweeter. I salute you, sir. But I, I had a phrase come to me yesterday. I was like, that's profound. I'm going to tweet that right now. After my six-month hiatus. And I tweeted this. The most humble thing you can do is agree with God. It would have been arrogant and falsely humble for David to say, Oh, shucks, I ain't no king. Samuel. I'm just, I'm just a shepherd boy. I'm not a king. No. You know, he get a lot of thumbs up from a lot of Christianity. Oh, how humble. How sweet. That's, that's the kind of guy I want to hang with. No. No. See, actually Saul did that very thing. God chose Saul first to be the king. And you know the day of his anointing, you know where Saul was? He was hiding in the equipment or the luggage or the baggage. It didn't work so well when you're a seven-footer. Saul was a seven-footer. It says at his shoulders 
he was taller than any man's head. It's kind of awkward, isn't it? <laughs> He's like, and guys, at, at first glance, we think, oh, that's how humble Saul is. He's, he's not wanting to the glory. He doesn't want to be the king. Guys, that was stinking, fleshly, demonic pride. It was a sign of what was to come in that kingship. Stinking, fleshly, demonic pride. And I'm not here to curse God's anointed. I'm here to reveal what happens when we keep our eyes on ourselves. So you be the little agreer with God. And if somebody accuses you of pride, you bring it back to God and say, God, I'm trying to agree with you. It's the most humble thing I can do. So your little merry, humble heart is not necessarily an aw shucks. No, it's a, it's a merry response. I'm going to give birth to God. Let it be, let it be, let it be. It's a Beatles song, I believe. She just sing, sings, let it be. She said, may it be to me according to what you said. That was humble. That was humble. So what I'm selling to you today for the simple gift of yes, Lord, is the grace of having a humble heart. And the way I'm unpacking, you say, Travis, how does it look to have a humble heart? Here's how. One simple way that we see with Mary. She agreed with God. Humility comes from agreement with God. Pride is disagreement with God. See, we think it's these actions that we do, and that very thing is a disagreement with God. And it starts us down this prideful realm. Even if we've got a lot to do. Look at all my, look at my line of humble activity. Wow, humble this, humble that, humble this, humble, humble by it. And God's like, look, agree with me and you will receive the seed of humility. Agree with me to receive my seed of humility. So let me tell you, right now there's a mystical reality. Beyond what our eyes can see and our Greek molded minds can perceive, there's a mystical reality occurring right now, this very second. And Jesus, the sower, is actually sowing seeds of humility. He's actually offering Mary-like humility, David-like humility, in the room right now. To any heart that just says, okay, be it to me according to your word. It's not Travis's message right now. It's not my game. It's not my Sunday morning meeting. It's not my ministry. In a way it is, I have to receive Let's be faithful what he's given. It's not my idea. It's not my idea to tell you about the, the merry band. It's not my passion for you to have a humble heart. It's the passion he's given me. It's passion from him. You would actually receive a humble heart so that your life could birth amazing things. Okay. So we talked about agreement with God. Um, we bring out a couple other pieces of his humble heart. Just, I think it'll stick with you and help you see in the coming days. Because if this is God, God's going to bring to remembrance what he said to you this morning. He's going to help you walk. He's going to help you march this out. Okay? Mary said one thing. She said, Behold 
the maid servant of the Lord. Or the NIV just says, behold the servant of the Lord. That word is actually a word that's in the Greek, it's dule. Dule. Okay? It's the female version of a doulos. And what that word was is the word for slave. Bond slave is how it's translated in some translations. What Mary was saying is, I'm the doule of Yahweh. I'm the Yahweh doule. And ain't no way I'm doing anything other than that. I am going to be the slave of God. Paul would often introduce himself as the bond slave of God. I know there's a lot of popularity right now, and a lot of it is from God's spirit about our identity as a son in his house. And it's absolutely true, and we need more Holy Spirit revelation of that, okay? It's true, and it's God in power right now, okay? But there's something else that I believe we have to receive in order to truly be a true son. We have to receive this grace that God's giving us to be his bond slave. A dule or a doulos, you know, when you look up the definition of that, it's one who gave themselves up to another's will. And I tell you, if it's one thing that the human race doesn't like to do is give up their will, right? And rightly so, we don't want to give up our will to wickedness or like an evil authoritarian tyrant. But we were born to lose our will. Jesus modeled that in his highest point of sacrifice when he said, not my will, but your will. Here's a little more translation, modern translation. Not my way, your way. And we need help to come out of our way. And I want to speak of you. There are seeds being released today from God to help you come into a delay identity where you actually say, I don't own my life. Remember Paul said that? He's like, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. That's why Paul said, I'm not my own. I'm, I'm a pawn slave. I'm a doulos. So I'm calling for right now. And I believe it's not just my voice. I believe it's the one who's smiling with inspiration inside of me. I'm calling forth the dule and doulos darklings of dwelling. Come forth. Little dules, little doulosses of dwelling. I just feel some hearts, this is what I'm feeling, right? I just want to tell you this, just pause for a second. I don't always do this, but I feel that there's actually what I just saw is some of you in your hearts stood into attention and saluted him right there. Like, I just saw you just stand up out of your heart and say, I'm a doule. I'm a doulos. It makes me happy. And if you've got that kind of willingness to just be whatever he wants you to be, I'm telling you, you will be the person who will be the true teaching of what a son is. That's the mystery. You're willing to lay down your life and become a bond slave? He makes you the favorite son. And ladies, you're called to be a favorite son. Just like dudes are called to be a dear bride. So the humble heart. That's, this is the main piece I'm hitting. We'll get to a couple other pieces, but I just, 
this is the one that God wanted me to punch. I like my notes for this one, like swallow the page, okay? Because God's like, I'm going to pump this humble grace into my people's hearts. That's the only way we're going to become the family army who changes the planet. That's the only way we're going to come into the promises is if we receive this humility from God. And guys, here's the thing. If the humility isn't given from God, it's just a stinking counterfeit. Okay? But God has the real thing in the house today. He's got the pure. I've done this before. I don't feel the... Well, I'll just say it like I say. I'm slinging today. I'm a holy dope dealer. I've got the pure. The pure stuff. God gave it. He's pushing. I'm pushing it. Pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. I'm pushing the pure white. The empowerment from heaven. The empowerment from heaven. To be truly humble in heart. Mm. I'm just going to read a couple of uh, the, the bond slave, the doule's words. Let it be to me according to your word. Luke 138. This is what um, Elizabeth, her cousin, said about her. Blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she who believed. The one who agreed with God. Mary praised God and she said this. He has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, of his doule. He has exalted the lowly, she said in 152. And Mary's life was marked by humility. In fact, when she brought forth her son, she laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the inn. And this is what I felt the spirit quicken to my heart. Get this. Because this gets us into our next point, the suffering servant. If we say yes to the gift of the humble heart, here's what the Bible promises. The Bible promises favor. He gives favor to the humble, okay? Awesome blessings. But you have to understand, there will be a stigma on your life. There will be a pew. That person stinks. Paul knew this. He wrote about it. He said, we are the stench of death to those who are perishing. So to those who don't want to say yes in the Holy Spirit, you know what a yielded, humble heart smells like? Wretched, decaying carcass. Say that again. A truly yielded life stinks to those who reject it. Now, it's interesting because, you know, as like I'm saying this, there are times when people aren't ready to submit their lives to Jesus, yet a, a humble believer's life is very attractive to them, okay? So it's not like a total rule of thumb, but here is the promise. And usually it starts in the house where people name the name of God. That's the pattern, okay? So get me on this. If you say yes to the humility, here's where your first heat will come from. Your first heat will come from people inside the house of God who do not want to be vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. Say it again. If you yield 
to God and say yes to this humble heart that he has given. Your first line of stigma and suffering will likely come from those within Christianity who do not want to submit to what God's doing. But we've got good company. That's just the way it's always been. So Mary couldn't find any room in the inn. So there will be an inn crowd that won't have room for you. Come on now. We have to let God help us let go of our own pleasing side of ourselves and our own reputation. Guys, you can't conquer it on your own, but I want to tell you, as a, as a man, just a brief just snippet here, as a man who lived and breathed by pleasing the people. I mean, I had like people-pleasing diplomas. That's, that was my M.O. But he's done a work. He's done something marvelous, and he's still working. But now where I used to tremble and knock knees at trying to be faithful to who he called me to be, now I've got some strength. God wants to help us become who he's made us to be. All right. Zeroing down here. Now, let me read a couple points about Mary. All right. This is how she was a suffering servant or a suffering doula. Well, I, I, I wrote this sentence. God gave her Gabriel and made Mary a mess. God gave her Gabriel and made Mary a mess. From that point on, her life was ruined. Let me just read a few highlights here, okay? Um, I got one more sentence and I'll read a few highlights. Mary was marked with a lifelong stigma, suffering in her soul, and a path of profound patience and perseverance. Instantly, when she says, let it be according to your word. Bingo. All heaven. Ah, right answer. I mean, just, it was amazing. But it wasn't so happy down there. You hear about that Mary girl? Yeah, she was engaged to Joseph Betrothed. You know, that's the way we do things. Betrothed. You know, they're basically married. And then she'd go along and you see a little bump in her eye and she's gotten pregnant. Oh, did you hear about Mary? Yeah, Elizabeth's cousin. Did you know what she did? Well, I don't have to say what she did. Just look at her tummy. <laughs> look. You think the... I mean, this was a society that was so straight-laced. And she was a good Jewish girl. Man, that was... Instantly, she said yes to the Holy Spirit Instantly, she was stigmatized. Instantly, she was hit with lies, accusations, shame. Guys, there's a cost. The stigma of sexual immorality, suffering shame and public disgrace. The tough journey of pregnancy and suffering circumstances for birthing. I mean, I can pack these. Unprecedented parenting. Now, 
It was a great gift to have an obedient son. I mean, Jesus, you can't get more obedient than him, okay? But it's, it was also problematic. I mean, think about it. He's like, Mom, I know what you're thinking. Like, I, I mean, this, we don't know a whole lot about this, but we know one little instance. He was amazing, but, son, we've been looking for you three days. Why did you do this to us? I can only imagine. If my little precious was missing for hours, let alone days. Oh, we sitting for you. Mom, I was in Dad's house. What do you mean, Dad? Joseph is here. Uh, I'll explain to you later. It was tough being the parent of Christ Jesus. Just tell me, suffering servant. Pain of patience for the promises. I didn't unpack this, but let me say this. Five minutes from noon. Go, Trav, go. Go, dog, go. All right. One of the things it says about Mary, this is, this is her humble heart, guys. This is another thing that what a humble heart looks like. A humble heart treasures, treasures the voice of God. A humble heart trembles at his, at his word. Isaiah 66. Everything that he says is prized. I know a little bit about this, okay? I've been given the grace, and I've been given the grace not so I can point to myself and say, look at my grace. It's so I can give it to you. I know what it's like to carry before you today for 14 years to carry these precious promises in my spirit, to treasure them day in, day out, to bear the pain, the problems, the patience, to prophesy it again and again and get laughed at and rejected. That's okay, and I'm not saying feel bad for me. I don't feel bad for me, so you don't, okay? But I'm telling you something out of my own life. I've seen the scoffing at my prophetic words. I've seen the, the, the rejection. I've had to bear the stigma of it. But let me tell you this. Travis's vindicator is very near. And I'm not going to be like, I told you so on the seal. I'm going to be like, yep, he was right. Let's deal with it. Come on, I'll help you. Because he's giving me a humble heart. But the humble heart, it sees his word. It hears his word. It treasures. It says Mary treasured. The word in the Greek is sunterio. It's, it's, she guarded like a special treasure the things that were said. For 30 years, she was carrying those Simeon promises. She was carrying those words from the shepherd. She was treasuring these things. She was hearing what the angel had said about this, this, this boy's life for 30 years. And she bore all the pain, all the demonic warfare, the curses in her very body. She bore the mark of carrying this, of her yes. If you say yes, it will show up and it will be offensive. But, like Paul would say, these present sufferings, they don't even compare to the glory. In fact, these, these problems, they are producing a glory. So don't you lose heart. Because you get a few looks or some downcast words. Or you go through some warfare that hurts your soul. Or you lose some relationships that you really love. Don't you be downcast. Don't you be discouraged. Because glory is coming. She had to deal with Jesus' out-of-control ministry. 
I mean, he was not exactly popular at times. When he pulled that temple stunt, that's my boy. You know? The pain of losing Jesus, her son. The pain of then saying yes to his resurrection power, what that brought her even more. The pain of losing her other son, James, Jesus' brother. Why? Because the one brother was faithful to the older brother. Her pain goes on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask the, the, the little Mary band to come up at 11.59 and some change. And now as they play, I'm going to end with the wine. Saving the best for last. It's like my dad. He likes to save the best for last. That's what dad does. Glory giver. Though you will surely live a life of being a suffering servant if you truly say yes to the gift of the humble heart. He doesn't want you focused on this. You're not surprised when it comes. You yield to it. But our eyes are on the glory. The glory of God is just the face of God. It's who he is. It's the weight of his character. It's the reality of him. Mary gave glory to God and she gave God's glory to the earth. See, she's a glory giver. She gave glory to God, and she gave his glory to the earth. That is you. That's what the humble heart and suffering servant, that's your dessert. That's your joy. That's your promise. Is that you get to give glory to the earth. But even better than that, my favorite, and I know a little bit about this, the experience of knowing that you are bringing God, Yahweh, El Elyon, El Shaddai, Yeshua, Lord Sabaoth, that you are bringing Him glory. That you're like, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. Even the, the giving of his glory to another person. Nothing compares to when you actually come in to the reality of living a life that gives him glory. When you hear him say, oh no, that's my boy. That's my boy. Look at Gabriel, attention, Michael, Trent, look. He's trusting me. He's giving me glory. It says when one turns to the Lord, all the angels celebrate. That's not just when you sign a justification card. That's whenever you turn your humble heart to God. And you say, yes, Lord. Uh, when you turn away from pride. When you turn away from a demonic lie. And you give glory to God, the angels celebrate. And right now, I call forth the truth of God into this room. The truth that is more powerful than any lie. More powerful and mighty than any mind of man. And the truth is this, that there is festivity, there's angelic celebration right now because there's humble hearts who are coming into alignment, turning to the Lord. When one turns to the Lord, when one 
Turn to the Lord. There's celebration. We are learning, as the vision God gave me to unpack a month ago, we are learning how to celebrate together. How can we celebrate, God, unless you give us celebration juice? Unless you serve the wine, how can we celebrate? Mary knew that. She said, I've been for 30 years. Son, trying to be respectful here, son. Come on, they're out of line. Mary, it's not my time. She knew something within her. It's the only time you'll see in the Bible where the Son of God, well, actually, there was actually one that one widow who pulled it out of him, too. When the little humble heart pulls something out of God, and Jesus is like, all right, it's on. It's on. And it says at that point, he manifested his glory. He manifested his glory. He began to reveal who he was. He began to reveal God. And who was the star behind the star? He's the star forever and ever on He is the morning star in this place. He's the bright morning star. He's the smile on the face of Travis. He is the joy of my life. But who is the star behind the star? Little Mary. The same one who brought him forth. I mean, be a little bit dramatic here, but she brought him forth with pain. My wife's going to tell me afterwards, did you have to do that? Yes, i got to be faithful to the one who's moving me with passion. If I can grip your hearts, I'll do anything to grip my heart in here. I'll do anything I can to pull you into humility. I'll lay down my life. I'll be a fool if I can be, have a chance of being a fool to reach you. Let me tell you something. The party 